Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But you shall surely kill him. Now, God doesn't call us to kill people today because it's against the law. But his law back at that time was these things. And I wonder how different the world would be. You know, you think about all the, you know, the things that we have in place. That there's no deterrent anymore for sin. People get away with it. They get a fancy lawyer. God is serious about sin. He hates it. You may live this life and not get caught, but if you haven't repented, you will stand before the great king of all creation, the creator of it all, and there'll be no hope for you then. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob finalizes chapter 13 in Deuteronomy. In this teaching, we learn how deadly sin is in the eyes of our Lord. Even though there remains lawlessness in our society today, we should take heed of how God will deal with our sin if we choose to continue on that path that some of the Israelites did in biblical times. Thankfully, Being born-again Christians, we have placed our faith and trust in the only one that can save us from ourselves, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's Pastor Rob with today's message. Christ's coming will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits in the temple as God, showing himself that he is God. So these things, that's not, the second coming of Christ is not going to come until these things come to pass. He says, verse 5, do you, do you not remember that when I was still with you that I told you these things? What a great shepherd preparing them for things that were coming. And that's what we do. We're preparing, right? Are you prepared? You know, you're being prepared by, as we read through the word, you're being encouraged. You're being warned. And boy, we need to be warned. People out there need to be warned. They need to be told the truth because they're just living in Disneyland. Living in Disneyland, just making the money, doing the thing, whatever feels good, do it, you know. And they have no idea that they're walking, but they're walking dead, the real zombies. But God loves them, and we ought to love them too, right? Share the love of God with them. But he goes on, he says, Do you not remember when I was with you, I told you these things? Verse 6, And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he be taken out of the way. And we believe that's the Holy Spirit's presence in the church. The very fact that you're here and that you're voting and that you're voting against things that aren't right. Once the spirit is left and you, your body has gone and you're raptured, guess what? There's going to be no presence in, this, in the sense of a physical representation here on earth of stopping lawlessness. It's going to come in like a cascade of filth. 
it's going to be the most wicked time when the church is removed. Boy, it's going to be so smooth. Everyone's going to be so happy. Finally get these people out of who've been opposing everything. We, we know what they're against, right? <laughs> we know what they're against, and thank God they're out of here. They're like a tick on a dog. The tick is gone. Ah, relief. Now we can do what we want. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he be taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the, mouth of his, with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. You can read about that in Gen, uh, Revelation 19, verse 11. But the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power. Notice, all power. All signs. Lying wonders. And with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. Notice that. Underline that. The love of the truth. The truth is loving. When you tell somebody the truth, even if it hurts, it's the most loving thing you can do. So these false prophets, they really weren't loving. They were hating because they're not telling the truth. The love of the truth. Because they did not receive the love of the truth. The purpose behind truth is love, even when it confronts my carnal nature. It needs to. It must happen that they might be saved. Verse 11, And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie and that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So, you shall not listen, verse 3, back in Deuteronomy here. Chapter 13, verse 3, You shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And you know, in the Old Testament, there were men who were, they were able, God had given them the gift to interpret dreams. You know, you look at Genesis chapter 40. We, we don't have time to go in there tonight, but write it down. Genesis chapter 40 with uh, Joseph um, interpreting the dreams of the butler and the baker when he was wrongly imprisoned by Potiphar. He interpreted dreams. God gave him the interpret. And they were right dreams because they came to pass right afterwards. And also Daniel. Look at Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 4. Daniel interprets dreams for this, the greatest man on the earth at that time in, in power, Nebuchadnezzar. He interprets the dreams, and they were exactly right on, right on the money. So much so that Nebuchadnezzar promoted Daniel and his friends. Because he not only told the king his dream, which he had forgotten, but also told him the interpretation. And the soothsayers and the enchanters and the palm readers and the tarot card readers, all those folks are like, oh, just tell us what your dream was and we'll tell you what it means. And he's like, no. If you, really, if you really got the spirit of God in you, then you can tell me what the dream was and tell me the interpretation. So Daniel and his friends, they pray. God reveals it to them. Bam. <laughs> Love that. But notice, God's testing you to know whether the, you will trust the Lord your God. Notice that it's a choice. Love is always a choice. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We show our love by being obedient. We show our love by trusting the Lord. We, 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 we demonstrate it by practical means. You know, it's easy to say, I love somebody, but when that love gets up on its feet and it wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning and rolls his wife over because she could uh, drown in her own um, uh, spittle because she's a quadriplegic, 
when he gets up three or four times a night to roll her at different times so that that won't happen, that is love. That's a determination. And young people, all they see, and all we see actually, is the Hollywood love. All it is is a bunch of flesh. Flesh in the pan stuff appeals to the flesh, the eyes. But that is love. You ever seen a Joni Erickson Tata and her husband and the way he loves her? <laughs> Tell you what, that man is a man that you want to hang out with. Because long after, you know, all the fireworks have gone, he chose, and he chooses today to do and to serve his wife and to do those things that nobody would do, uh, a nursing home wouldn't do. You can pay him $30,000 a year and they still don't do it. Still getting bed sores, still get, not getting cleaned really well, and yet this, and that people like him make a decision. I love this woman. I made a vow before God and I'm going to love her by the very practical things. That's love, not just the words. He says, you, verse 4, you shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and hold fast to him. But that prophet or that dreamer, verse 5, that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord. Notice, to turn you away, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. He brought you out to redeem you from the house of bondage. He doesn't want to redeem you from the house of bondage and then put you back in bondage again. It's like a double negative. God wants to redeem you from something to something, and he wants to deliver you to himself from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of of light, into the king of his dear son, Jesus who brought you out of the land of Egypt to redeem you from the house of bondage, to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk, so you shall put away the evil from your midst. You know, it's been said that the first casualty in any war is truth. One of the easiest things in war that they'll do is a lie, deception. That's how you gain advantage over your enemy. You'll throw smoke signals over here while all the while you're doing something over here. It's part of the, 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 the mastery of war and war games, those kinds of things. Verse 6, if your brother, the son of your mother, the, your son or your daughter, the wife of your bosom, or your friend who is of your own soul, secretly entices you, saying, let us go and serve other gods which we have not known, neither you nor your fathers, of the gods of the people which are all around you, near you, or far off from you, from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth, you shall not consent to him or listen to him, nor shall your eye pity him, nor shall you spare him or conceal him. But you shall surely kill him. (laughs) Now, God doesn't call us to kill people today because it's against the law, but his law back at that time was these things. And I wonder how different the world would be you know, you think about all the, you know, the things that we have in place. That There's no deterrent anymore for sin. People get away with it. They get a fancy lawyer. God is serious about sin. He hates it. You may live this life and not get caught, but if you haven't repented, you will stand before the great king of all creation, the creator of it all, and there'll be no hope for you then. But you shall surely kill him. Your hand shall be first against him to put him to death, and afterward the hand of all the people. And this, to me, is a safeguard, because if you first put your hand to, to kill, like in the, in, the, in the sake of the children of Israel, they would stone him with stones. If you're the first one to pick up a rock and you're willing to, to cast the first stone, it's because in your heart you're convinced of what you know to be true. 
If there's any doubt in your heart, you're not going to want to pick up that rock, are you? But if you know that that person, you saw them do this very act, and God says you need to put it away from you because if you don't, everyone's going to see it, and they're going to see that he got away with it, and it's going to spread like cancer, like our culture. There's nothing keeping people from doing anything anymore. The only stop, the only stop to all this stuff that we see is you and the Spirit of God in you. Did you know that? If we, we get removed, it's going to all change very rapidly. No, there'll be no restraint whatsoever. Hmm. If you get an opportunity at this point, I want to give you a couple scriptures. Write them down and take a look at them. It'll kind of parallel with what we're talking about here. In Joshua chapter 7, verses 10 through 26, that's the sin of Achan. And you can read about that in conjunction with what we're talking about. Joshua 7, verses 10 through 26. And also John chapter 8, uh, verses 1 through 11. It speaks of the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. The very act. He was, she was caught, right? In the very act. But the woman was brought. Where was the guy? They caught her in the very act. There's got to be two to tango, right? <laughs> so where's the man? No, we don't really want to talk about that. But we should stone her right now. <laughs> and Jesus is like writing on the ground. Won't go into all that, but he says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. You know, Jesus wasn't denying that the woman was caught in adultery. But he knew what they were trying to do. They were trying to catch him. But he, he, he one-ups them. They demand the law. He gives mercy. And he tells the woman, he goes, um, and then after he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And from the oldest to the youngest, they, they all stop and they go away. And Jesus looks at her and he says, woman, where are those uh, your accusers? And she says, none, Lord. And he goes, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. He acknowledges that she sinned, but mercy triumphs over justice, right? Verse 10 back in Deuteronomy, he says, And you shall stone him with stones until he dies, because he sought to entice you away from the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And so all Israel shall hear and fear and not again do such wickedness as this among you. And I love what it says in Micah chapter 7, beginning in verse 5, because, you know, this is speaking about friends and people who are really close to you getting involved in these wicked things and enticing you to do them. But what does it say in Micah chapter 7? It says, do not trust in a friend. Do not trust in a friend. There are many people in Washington that used to be friends, but when push comes to shove, now they're enemies. And now they've got tapes that they're playing for, to, to show what someone said back, uh, back at this date. Well, I got a tape of what he said back then. Oh, let's hear it. We'll give you $50,000 if you give us that tape. We can put it on, you know, the Inquirer or whatever, right? These people are making out, and, and, and they used to be friends. But when the opportunity is right, they turn like a turncoat. They turn on them. Do not trust in a friend. Do not put your confidence in a companion. Guard the doors of your mouth for her who lies in your bosom. For son dishonors father, and daughter rises against her mother, daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies are the men of his own household. Jesus said that, didn't he? Quoting from Micah, a man's enemies will be from his own. They'll turn you over in a heartbeat if the, if the tide is right. So don't be complicit with anyone in their sin. Even the most closest human attachments that you have, always resist it, and if necessary, uh, expose it if, if it's really uh, serious enough 
and it's unrepented of, sometimes you have to expose it. Love does cover a multitude of sins, but sometimes love says, you know what? If I don't expose this, you're going to continue going, and there's going to be no hope for you, and you're going to get really caught. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, it says this, beginning in verse 2. It says, If there is found among you with any, within any of your gates which the Lord your God gave, gives you, a man or a woman who has been wicked in the sight of the Lord your God and transgressing his covenant, who has gone and served other gods and worshipped them, either the sun or moon or any of the hosts of heaven, which I have not commanded, and it is told you and you hear of it, then you shall inquire diligently. And if it is indeed true and certain that such an abomination has been committed in Israel, then you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has committed that wicked thing and shall stone to death that man or woman with stones. Whoever is deserving of death shall be put to death on the testimony of two or three witnesses. He shall not be put to death on the testimony of one witness. And the hands of the witnesses shall be the first against him to put him to death and afterward the hands of all the people so here's the reason for it so that shall you put away the evil from among you and see folks that's why even in our judicial system we get our judicial uh, the, the, our judicial system is based on these things that we're reading about in the bible did you know that that's why before any grand jury there is a jury of people it's not just two or three people now it could be a jury of 10 or more people it has to be unanimous to convict for a death penalty aren't you glad for that and where did they get this? Did they just make it up? No, it's right here. You just read it. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. Not on the witness of one, but on two or more, right? Back in Deuteronomy, verse 12, it says, If you hear someone in one of your cities which the Lord your God gives you to dwell in, saying, Corrupt men have gone out from among you and enticed the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which you have not known. Then you shall inquire and search out and ask diligently, and if it is indeed true and certain that such an abomination was committed among you, you shall surely strike the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying it, all that is in it, and its livestock with the edge of the sword. That seems a little harsh, but you know, when a whole city has been back at this time, God was so concerned about purity among his people because he knew the disastrous results that it would give. And we live in an environment where that very thing is happening, because we haven't been more careful, because we've had a loose hand on sin, because we've let it go, ah, he's just a young, ah, eh, whatever, you know, and then stop, don't do that again, Johnny. You know, you can't, you can't smoke, you know, you can't smoke heroin in school. It's not good. Don't do it again. The next day he's doing it. Oh, he's emboldened in it. <laughs> Slap your hand three more times. Johnny, I told you not to do that. If you do that, I'm going to have to take away your lunch money. You won't get milk today if you don't stop that. Are you kidding? Hmm. But God was so serious about it. He says, if a whole city has been corrupted by deception, he says, I want, and, and the cities of his people, he says, wipe the whole thing out. Wipe it out. See, he cared about sin. You know, and, and see, the thing is, is we can be hard on ourselves. We don't have to go around, you know, hacking people and doing things like God doesn't call us to do that. But we need to be hard on ourselves, right, and be kind to others, encouraging them to come away from it too. But be hard on yourself. Don't cave in to the, the things of your flesh. Be hard on yourself and nice to other people. 
and you shall gather, verse 16, all its plunder in the middle of the street and completely burn this fire with city and all of its plunder for the Lord your God. And it shall be a heap forever. It shall not be built again. So none of the accursed things shall remain in your hand that the Lord may turn from the fierceness of his anger and show you mercy. Notice that's the, that's the heart of God. He doesn't want to bring anger. He doesn't want his anger to be expressed. He wants to show mercy. Notice in verse 17, have compassion on you and multiply you. That's his heart, his life. Life, real life. Real life is obeying and enjoying the obedience. Do you ever feel really good about um, disobedience and doing wrong things? You, it, the Bible says that pleasure is, uh, sin is pleasurable for a season, but then the bill comes due. And boy, the bill is so much bigger than the pleasure that, that you got out of it. And you find yourself going, man, I wish I wasn't even born. <laughs> Lord, I made this mistake and I've stepped in it so bad. You know? And he's like, I, I wanted to tell you, I've been telling you, when will you listen? When will you open your ears and open your heart and listen to me? Do you ever feel like you're doing that to your sons and your daughters? You're telling them, telling them, and they're not listening, and you're like, Oh, God, give me patience. And then the Lord reminds you, you were like that too, Rob. You were just like, in fact, you are much worse than they are. You are much worse. He says, I want to have compassion on you and multiply you, just as he swore to your fathers, the, the Abrahamic covenant. I'll multiply you as the sand of the sea, as the stars of the heaven, just as he swore to your fathers. Our last verse, because... Because you have listened to the voice of the Lord your God to keep all his commandments, which I command you today, to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord your God. And so that is the idea behind it. God wants to encourage you. He wants to love on you. And the greatest place for you to receive the blessings of God is, is tucked away in Christ, tucked away in him. And you get tucked away in Christ by listening and reading and praying, and fellowshipping, and doing it all over again, and loving and showing people the same thing that you've been shown. The very life of Jesus. You read through the Gospels, and you see the way he was. You be that to other people. Isn't that the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have done unto you. If I want, to be, if I want someone to be friendly to me, I have to be friendly. If I want, to, if I want grace, then I better be gracious. If I want to be merciful, I need to extend mercy. All these things, let God do in you. And be careful. Be careful of the things you're watching, the things you're listening to. We need more than ever today to be very careful because, again, this whole chapter has just been the prohibition, the warning of false teachers, false prophets. And history is littered with it. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the warning. We thank you for your grace, Lord. Please, Lord, make us aware of things that we need to cut out of our lives. Make us aware of things that need to just go out to the curb. Lord, help us to truly take your word seriously, Lord, to truly take a look at these things and not just let them roll in one ear and out the other, God. Help us to do the the harder thing and the most glorious thing, and that is just to be obedient, Lord, even when we're wrestling against it in our flesh, Lord. Help us to get in the battle, to fight the good fight and not give in to the, the pleasures of, the, of this life, Lord. Lord, certain things are okay, Father, and you know we need rest and recreation, and that's fine, but Lord, there can be a holy recreation. It doesn't have to be sinful. 
So help us, Lord. We ask in Jesus. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited format, Simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location, and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.